joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm your host for today. Friends, we are getting ready to embark on an incredible journey. As we use this time to prepare going into Easter, we're going to be taking some time over the next six weeks to really dig into the Holy Land. We're going to look at why it's important, why the Jewish people are important, and why now more than ever it is important for us to understand Israel, the Jewish people, and why maybe it's even important to consider a trip to the Holy Land. To start this conversation out, it is my pleasure to welcome Pastor Jim Mussarino to the show. Welcome to the show, Pastor Jim. Oh, Deb, it, it is great to be here, and I mean that with all my heart, and I love your energy, and uh, this is one of my passionate topics to talk about today. So I'm going to have to strap myself down here. I know. Well, <laughs> even when you and I were having the phone conversation, it's like we were like, yes. I mean, like going back and forth. Because yes. of course, I have not been to the Holy Land. Yeah. And as you were talking about it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I have to get here like yesterday, you know? Yeah. So where do we start? It really is. There's this, you brought up so many great points about the importance of Israel, the Jewish people, and why now more than ever. Where do we start this story? Well, uh, there, there's three points, Deb, that uh, uh, I think would would be beneficial to, to just kind of break into this topic, which is, you could go many different directions. But as a pastor, and I'm just going to give it to you through my perspective, what I would like people, fellow Christians, to understand is why is the Holy Land important? Why are the Jewish people important to us? Are they relevant? Is there any significance behind that? So so the, the first thing I would mention is, number one, is God refers to Israel as the apple of his eye. So Israel obviously holds a very special place to our God, okay? He talks about, he, make, he makes reference to that in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 8 where he calls Israel the apple of his eye. Secondly, um, that the Jewish people, the Apostle Paul wrote this, and by the way, Paul was a Jew, and he wrote this in Romans 9, verses 3 through 5. He said, I, For I wish that I could myself be accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh, who are Israelites. And then he says this, To whom pertaineth the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises, whose are the fathers, and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is overall, God bless forever, amen. So, so Paul is saying, we're indebted to the Jewish people because through them, we have the covenants, we are the benefactors of that through faith in the God of Abraham. And, and so, and that also, it talks about in Genesis chapter 12, Verses 2 and 3, where God said to Abraham, I will make thee a great nation, I will bless thee, I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and this last part I really want to emphasize, and in thee, Abraham, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, how? what did, you, what did God mean by that? Because through Abraham... We go back, we go on into the book of Galatians, and Paul makes reference that when God said that through Abraham's seed, all the nations would be blessed, Paul mentions, he's not saying, and to thy seeds, which is many, but to thy seed, which is one, even Christ. So this is a prophetic statement that through Abraham, 
all the nations of the earth would be blessed through a specific seed, and that, of course, would be the Messiah, Jesus. Amen. So so that's another reason why. And, and that would be, so that would be point number one, that, that Israel is the apple of God's eye, and through this we are indebted to the Jews, and, and that's why it's a very special place to us, because the people there, you know, we're indebted to them. All, all the scriptures came through the Jewish people, with the exception, some scholars believe that Luke may have been a Gentile. That's up for debate. But the bottom line is, is the people who God used to write the scriptures were the Jewish people, and the Jewish people are the ones who preserved it. Yes, amen. Now, we are making so many incredible and amazing points here. One of the things that I got really, really curious about is how you got so passionate about this. Like, you're stressing to us the importance, but at some point, you obviously got really, really excited about this. And I'm curious about that before we get on to to more points, because I don't think you just, like, woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to choose to be excited about this. Right. Or maybe you did. (laughs) No, no, no. Actually, it was a couple of things. First of all, it was when I went to to Bible college uh, to be trained to go into the ministry, and we started getting into um, prophecy, Bible prophecy, and 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 the idea that the nation of Israel, the modern state, is fulfillment of Bible prophecy, and and so um, that got me excited because I'd never heard this before because I wasn't raised. I was raised in a good family, but not a Christian family. So now at college, I'm putting all these scriptures together, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. But the other thing, too, is my, my junior year of Bible college, I had the privilege of going to Israel. And it was amazing. Because when you go there, the things that you read about in the Bible, and you believe them, but there's something different when you actually get to go there and actually see these sites. And the most significant, of course, would be the, the, the place where Christ was crucified and, of course, the tomb, which I'll talk about in a minute. But that's what got me even more passionate. And since then, I've, had, um, I've been able to go to Israel eight times. And it's really, I, I, I love to take people there because I remember still what it was like the first time I went, and you're just overwhelmed. And so I kind of like to just kind of fill in the blanks so that they can just appreciate the significance of what they're taking in, what they're hearing, and uh, because we want it to be life-changing, yeah. you know, because it is God's land. Yeah, you Amen. know. So Well, and I love that you're speaking to, you went once, you remember what it was like to have that, and now you've gone back multiple times, so you can fill in those pieces for people. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's something that I can relate to because I remember how hard it was for me. Because actually, when I came back from the trip, I took copious notes. I'm listening to the guide. And of course, we, whenever we go on a trip with this tour group, we always have pastors that go with us because we want the biblical significance. You know, the archaeological aspect is great. The historical aspect is great. But we're there for a spiritual journey. And so, um, um, and so with having pastors there and opening up the scriptures, it, you, you, just, you just learn to really treasure the moment that you're there. And, uh, it, but then you go home, and now you can put a picture, a scene yeah. with the scriptures as you're going through. So, so it's an ongoing appreciation yeah. 
having just even gone once. Yeah. But uh, yeah, having gone a number of times, it, it's even more amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, let's keep going on this journey. So we understand now, this is very important. The scripture that we have is because of the Jewish people. Correct. The accounting is because of the Jewish people. Yes. Where do we go from here? The second thing is the Holy Land is important to us as Christians because it's a land of Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy that has been fulfilled and Bible prophecy that's going to be fulfilled which is amazing too. So one thing is um, there's a number I could talk about Bible prophecy, but the bottom line is this. The modern state of Israel is an actual fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy where God said in the last days, he was going to bring the Jewish people back into the land. Okay. And literally in 1948, May 15th, 1948, the United Nations recognized Israel as a modern state, a modern country. No other people have ever experienced this, only the Jewish people. God has preserved them. They, they have been singled out for slaughter. They were blamed in Europe for the Black Plague. They, they of course, the Holocaust and World War II. Um, and yet, here they are. They're still here. And not only were they scattered for thousands of years, but they're brought back into the land. There's no other people group like that. So, so you're walking in the land of actual fulfillment of Bible prophecy. And what's really cool too, you're driving down the road and you know, you, you read about all these places in the Bible, but you're just driving on the road, you know, and you see road signs, Nazareth, you know, 30 kilometers or whatever, you know, and it's written in English, Aramaic, and Hebrew. You know, it, it just, it just, you know, or Bethany or, or Nazareth, you know, and it's just like, wow, we're living, we're driving around in the land where, where, where Jesus walked, you know, and it, so, so, but Bible prophecy, I think is a real big thing. Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, we believe that this is the fulfillment of the modern state of Israel, where Ezekiel said, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord, behold, I'm reading from Ezekiel 37, verse 21 through 22. I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whither they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be a king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. At the time, you had the northern and southern kingdom. And God is saying, I'm gonna, I, I scatter them among the heathen. It was called the dispersion, the diaspora. And he said that in the last days, he's going to bring them back from where he scattered them. Okay, So there were two main dispersions. There was one where they went to Babylon. Okay. And and but the, and then they came back into the land, but then they were scattered again in 70 A.D. when the Romans came through, and that's when they were scattered among the nations. And in the last days, and in the really actually the late 1800s, and then all the way to the modern state of Israel, you have what's called the Zionist movement, led spearheaded by a guy named Theodore Herzl, and he is the one who I think God used, put it in his heart. To, to bring about the modern state of Israel. And, and it, was a, it was a miraculous event. 
And, um, you know, and, and they received a lot of opposition. And think about this. This is right off the heels of the Great Holocaust. Yeah. 1948. I mean, World War II had just ended. And now they've become a modern state. And they were attacked by three Arab nations simultaneously. And God gave them the victory. Now, the thing is, the Jewish people think that their tenacity is what gained them the foothold and, and protected their land. And no, it was God. It was God. Yeah. <laughs> he tells us that it's going to be him, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, so it's a land of prophecy. Not only that, I love to take people in Jerusalem. There's this place called the Temple Institute. Prophetically, we believe that the Jews are going to rebuild their temple and offer sacrifices again in the last days. And you go, and there's a group of people who are so passionate about the Messiah coming, like us as Christians, we're looking for the second coming of the Messiah of Christ. They have that kind of passion for the Messiah to come the first time. Okay, they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Well, you go to the Temple Institute, and by the way, Time Magazine has done an article on this back in the 1990s. So this isn't just way out there, bizarre stuff. They are, they've already trained priests, because not just any Jew could be a priest. It had to be a certain tribe. And they had to locate these people and then ask them if they'd be willing to become priests, to offer, to, to, to um, uh, carry out the temple service, because they're going to rebuild their temple in Jerusalem. Oh, my gosh. Pastor Jim, I know we have more to come on this. Yeah. We've got to take a brief pause. Yes. Thank our sponsors. We have so much more to come on the Third Temple, more on the Holy Land, more from Pastor Jim Mussarino. We will be back. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice, serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi, and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy, Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an Infusion of Joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights, perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at Live Joy, Share Joy. Live Joy and Share Joy. This is Deb McGregor of Live Joy, Share Joy. We'd love to hear feedback on the show. Have you heard a guest who inspired you or drew you deeper into relationship with the Lord? Was there a topic that really resonated with you? Do you have a show idea around joy? We would love to hear from you. We want to build a community of joy. Please email Deb at lifefulofjoy.com and put feedback in the subject line. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Pastor Jim Mussarino. And we just left off at that break, starting to talk about the prophecy that we see in the scripture, the third temple. We started bringing all of this in. Pastor Jim, we got to pick it up with this because there just feels like there's more here. Okay. Well, uh, getting back to that prophecy of Ezekiel, and there's other Old Testament prophecies about God saying, in the last days, I'm going to bring them back into the land, which has happened now. And we're living that. Um, but in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 21, again, the Lord says, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen or nations, whether they be gone. 
Okay. Do you realize that the Jewish people have been gathered back into Israel from 108 different nations? I did not know that. And, and, and so, and this is modern fulfillment. And it's fun. So when I've been to Israel, I've, I've met people like from Philadelphia, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. And I'm curious, I, I, I was like, why did you leave America to come to Israel? And these are Jewish people. And they said, I just had this desire in my heart to do this. Well, who put that in there? God says, I'm going to bring them back in the latter days. And so you're just, you're just talking to these people and you're realizing, Lord, this is it. This is a miracle, and I'm seeing it, and this is modern prophecy fulfilled. Yeah, so yeah. you have that. And, and so you look at Israel, and you see the past, you see the present, but then you also see the future. Yeah. And again, it's talking about the temple and the Jewish people who are going to do it, and they're going to rebuild it. And even Time Magazine made mention of that. In fact, when I was in college back in the late 1980s, there was a newspaper, the Chicago Tribune, and on Sunday they have what's called the Parade Magazine. And guess what? They, they devoted a whole um, a magazine article to Israel rebuilding the temple. Wow. So these are secular sources, and yet oh the, the Bible has prophesied that in the last days God was going to do this. So Isn't it amazing that I find this fascinating when these secular sources are looking at this and yet there's not the recognition of the scripture with it, right? Right. right. But where's that disconnect? Like it just It is. I don't right. that is I always feel like I have this list of questions for the Lord and then I figure by the time I get there it probably won't matter anyway, but <laughs> but that's right, but that's one of them because it's like I just get so curious about so everybody wants to explore it from this perspective, but they don't want to add in what we already know. The biblical significance, right? And oh. that's what makes it so deep and exciting though. Yeah. You know? Oh, so, it is exciting. Yeah. Okay, where are we going next? So point number three, then, that I would suggest as a pastor is that the Holy Land of Israel is a very special place because that's where our Savior walked. Yeah. So, so as you're going through the land, you're thinking, okay, this is where the Son of God lived and breathed and taught and performed miracles. And so you go to these different places along the Sea of Galilee, the place where he stayed with Peter, who had a house there at Capernaum. And the synagogue that that he taught from and the, the different things that happened there. But the most significant for me, the highlight for me personally, and for a lot of us, I think all of us actually, is when we are in Jerusalem and we spend a day and we go to a place called Golgotha, which is place of the skull. And you in to this very day, <clears throat> it still looks like a skull. It's a hill not a mountain. It's right outside the ancient walls of, of the city of Jerusalem. Archaeologists, you know, you, when you look at Jerusalem modern photos, you'll see walls of the ancient city. Those are crusader walls. Those are not the walls that were around in Jesus' day. Those are about 10 feet down. Hmm. Well, archaeologists have uncovered, and I like to point it out to people when we go to Golgotha, because um, the Bible teaches is that uh, the Hebrew scriptures prohibited people from being executed within the gate, within the walls of the city. Hebrews 13 mentions how Christ was taken outside the city, outside the gate, where he was crucified as, as a sacrifice. <clears throat> so Golgotha was right outside the actual gates of the time of Christ. Archaeologists uncovered that. 
they have that plate, there's actually a gate. So when you read the story, when Jesus is on the cross, people are passing and going by and mocking him, saying, if you're really the son of God, come down from the cross, you know? And, and you realize, well, there was a lot of traffic because it was a gate. It was people coming and going in and out of the city. And it makes sense why the Romans would choose that place because it looks like a skull. That's where people were executed by Rome. And it was an intimidation factor on the maximum amount of people because of the traffic flow. So, so, so you get that. So you look at it and you say, okay, this most likely was a place where my Savior died for me. Now, here's the cool thing. I'm going to read to you from John 19. It says, now, I'm reading from verse 41 and verse 42. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher, wherein never was a man yet laid. There they laid Jesus, therefore, because the Jews' preparation day, it was the Passover coming, for the sepulcher, or the tomb, was nearby, or nigh at hand. Okay? So, here you are, you, you get your Bible out, right? You're standing here, you're looking at a skull hill. You turn to the left, and right next to it, guess what archaeologists uncovered? A garden. Now, how do they know? Because they found a grape press made out of stone. It's got a center column, and they have a tapered stone. And the reason why it was tapered is because it would, it would ride along that center column stone, and they would crush grapes. So there was a vineyard there. And guess what they found in this vineyard garden? A tomb. Lo and behold, okay? They know it was a wealthy man's tomb because you go inside it and it has a mourning chamber, a grieving chamber, and a place where the body would be laid. So much larger. And plus, there's a track that the stone would roll. So the, the stone was round, but it was a coin. You know how a coin is flat on two sides? And they literally would roll it over a track to cover the opening, and that's how the, the, the Romans and the Jews sealed the tomb to prevent any disciples taking the body. So you could see how they would take that cord, and with wax or, or clay, they would, they would press that cord to seal so that nobody could tamper with the rolling of the stone on that track. And it was a great stone because I, I take people to Herod the, the Great, his family tomb is right by the, right in Jerusalem. And it's much, much smaller, which is kind of interesting. Now, it wasn't Herod the Greats, but it was a family tomb. And, and I show people, so there, there's a stone, but it's only like maybe three feet, maybe, in, in diameter. And the track is maybe only maybe six, eight inches, where Jesus, that tomb, the track is, is much wider. It, it's probably like about a foot wide, so you know it was a much wider stone, and probably, the, now the stone's not there, but we estimate that it was about a 12-foot diameter stone. So the Bible says it was a great stone. Yeah. So you're looking at all these details, and you're like, wow. But the most important thing is it's under the control of Christians at one site, born-again believers out of Great Britain, and we can have communion service there. And you're thinking, this is where Jesus died for me. This is where my Savior rose from the dead. The tomb's empty. You know, when archaeologists uncovered it, guess what they didn't find? Human remains. There was no human remains. None. And you're just sitting there taking all this in. You're looking at the scripture, the, the most minuscule detail now comes to life, and you're just like, I, I believed it all my life, 
But to actually take it in, to see it, to hear it, to, to visually take it in, and you're just thinking, God, you love me this much, that you were willing to send your son to die for me, the, the penalty I should have taken, the wages of my sin is death. But Jesus came and took and paid that debt because I could have never paid it on my own because I'm a sinner. And he proved that he paid that debt in full because he rose from the dead. Now listen to this. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, Paul the apostle said, because there were some Corinthians who false teachers were coming in and saying Jesus did not rise bodily. So here's what Paul says. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and you're yet in your sins. Now why is that? Because the fact that Christ rose from the dead proves to you and I that his sacrifice was accepted by God the Father. Had he not sufficiently paid for our sins, he'd still be in that tomb. And this is what Paul is saying. Then he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 15, and become the first fruits of them that slept. And by the way, that's another one. Jesus literally died on Passover day, literally, the Jewish Passover. He died on that day. He's a Passover lamb. We're told that, all right? Then he literally rose on the day of first fruits, which is a Sunday, the day after the Passover, Leviticus 23 says that. So he literally died on Passover day, literally rose on, from the dead on the day of first fruits. And what does Paul say? He's become the first fruits of them that slept. He's the first one to have risen from the dead. So you're just taking all this in. And it, it just, it, it does so much for your faith. I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I had strong faith before I went to Israel. But there's something about, I think you get a taste of what's it going to be like when we finally get to heaven. All the things we read about, and we believed it, but now we're hearing it, we're smelling it, we're, we're, we're visually taking it all in. It, so it's kind of like a little bit of taste of heaven yeah. when you go to Israel. Well, and even just listening to you, I mean, I've got tears. People can't obviously see us, yeah. but I just hearing you, like, I just know it's the truth. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. I just, you yeah. know, it's real. Yeah. You know, it's true. You just, yes. you know, when you know, when you know, and I just, uh, you're taking us there. I mean, in that moment, it's like literally, I almost kind of feel like I was there with you. Yeah. And, and for a moment, just getting that little taste of it. Yes. I know there's so much more we could talk about, but the yes. clock, as always, seems yes. to run out. But I know you've got another trip coming up. We need to let people know about this because this is, it is a once in a lifetime or maybe even more, right? Because just like you, it's like you start getting so called to, to get people there too, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's called the Holy Land Adventure with In Grace Ministries. They've been doing this for um, over 20 years. I mean, so they know... It's all five-star hotels. The food is incredible. They have pastors that come with who are going to educate you about the biblical significance. They also give you a booklet when you when you uh, sign up for the trip. And uh, um, they give it to you, I think, the day before you, you fly out to go to Israel. And each day it has the itinerary along with the scriptures. So you can read it the night before read the scriptures, and then go to those sites. And you can go back to those scriptures again, but then there's pastors there who are also going to explain it. So it is so spiritually uplifting. It's not like a vacation, but it's not, it's not a work thing either. It is, it's different. It, it's a spiritual adventure is what it is. Yeah. 
So, oh my gosh. Where should people get more information if this is something that interests them? Okay, they can go to In Grace Ministries Holy Land Adventure 2024. The dates are February 21st through March 1st. They literally today just took off to go to Israel. I know some people that are going there. Oh my yeah. gosh. So they just awesome. left today. They do this every year and they, they do just a tremendous job. And uh, there's so many more things we could talk about, but I know time's limited. I know. I know. I'm just like, I want more. I want yeah. more. Like, like always, right? Yeah, right. right. Pastor Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Any final thoughts that you want to share with people? Well, Deb, uh, the, the biggest thing for me, when we're at the garden tomb, literally, like you were doing, we, we all, you just break down. You cry. You cry because you realize, God, you love me this much that you sent your son to do the, and you're looking at the evidence and you believed it, but now you're, it's reaffirming. This is real. This is not a fairy tale. History backs it up. Archaeology backs it up. The Bible backs it up. And I'm taking it all in. God loves me this much. And you can know you have eternal life. It's not by what we do. It's all what Jesus did. And you just have to simply trust in him to save you. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jim, thanks so much for joining us. This has been incredible. Well, thank you for the privilege, and I really enjoy it, and I love your energy. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's truly the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we know Amen. that for sure. Yeah. We're thanking Pastor Jim Serino for joining us today to talk about the Holy Land and why it's important to us. We want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program. We want to thank you for listening, and we want to remind you to live, share, and lead with joy. This is Deb McGregor. Have a great day, friends. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.